0: hey y'all how you doing welcome to another interesting exciting spontaneous fun episode of your favorite podcast Tosin's closet where I get to share with you some real life lessons aha moments and um, some light bulb moments as well real life stories real life challenges you know you know how we do it here we keep it real very relatable conversations we rub minds together so before we dive in first let's take our affirmations this hour of the day let's go I am and always will be enough I let go of any negative feelings about myself all my life, my past and accept all that is good for me. I am courageous. I am willing to act and face my fears. I am a powerful creator. I create the life I want and I enjoy it. I trust my intuitions and I always make wise decisions. I work well under pressure and always feel motivated. I'm surrounded by supportive, positive people who believe in me and want to see me succeed. My life is filled with great opportunities. As I take on new challenges today, I am calm, confident, powerful. I'm grateful that my life is filled with happiness and I'm successful, I live out my purpose daily, let's begin the day, so today, um, I want to talk about something, I don't know, for some reason, and I wanted to start recording um, this podcast, and you know, I always tell you guys that self-discovery is a it's a daily process who i was yesterday is not the same person as today so i was saying what do i call myself um i could call myself the coach of living your best life now why am i saying that because you see the life you should actually you know live your best life what are the things that entail that will entail you living that will require you to live your best life first of is healing is self-discovery is becoming self-aware having a strong sense of self-worth you know having values having principles you know that you live by having great life philosophies that you live by honor. The, that your life is disciplined. It's whole. Your wholeness is comes from a place of being healed of whatever mess that is stored up inside your heart. Maybe offense. You know, sometimes we get offended. We don't even know that there's. We are harboring bitterness even inside our hearts. So, um, one of those issues is one I want to talk about today the first time i ever wanted to write a book was in year 2000 y2k as we call that year you know guess what the title of the book would have been losing a loved one how to handle it i've um, lost two family members in this lifetime i've lost my sister and i've lost my father Both were soul crushing moments of my life, but guess what? I've had to heal from it. I feel the need to help people through that healing process because it takes a while, it's like a wound, and um, it will always leave a scar especially a deep wound that will leave the scar but you know with scars the thing is um you get it will heal it will gradually heal it's on a daily basis but you know the, the blood will clot and then um, as a scar forms you know that particular portion of your skin begins to heal the skin develops a new, you know the epidermis and all of that you know the process where the healing that's exactly how how um this healing process takes place so i remember um <laughs> when i lost my sister that year i mean hers okay let me start with my my sister's hers was we saw it coming she always had nephrotic syndrome and um, Nephrotic syndrome is like kidney malfunctioning, so she gets oedema, you know, swollen face, legs, and different parts of her body. She's been like that since it was three, and my parents, very, and like I said, you know, that's why my mom is a paramedic, you know, because been managing her since she was three. This is 1983, um, 84 rather. So you know, managing her and always in the hospital in and out of the hospital and all of that very intelligent no, she's not just intelligent she's a very brilliant um, girl so a um, few months before she passed I remember her going for um, a prayer session in some church my dad brought her from school she she was first in in, in Methodist girls high school and then later on you know um, because her studies was affected because she was always in the hospital about that time when she crossed from junior secondary to SS1 so she couldn't really so my dad had to change school for and took, took her to Redeemer's high school at the redemption camp because my dad was working there had now started working there at the time that this was 1999 the year before 2000 so um she went for that program and she came back crushed and had gave up totally that she was ever going to get healed so it was then we knew and we started just not I mean like we sense that she wasn't really going to push but I mean she was still happy she was you know she had went back to school she got out of it and then you know eventually her body just caved in and it was time I think it was just time at the time you know that she had to pass on because my my mom tried i remember that morning it was a whole week she had come home from school my dad brought her i couldn't you know manage her back in school again had brought her back i don't want to go through the message because it will be <laughs> it will make me feel sad again but the truth is she passed that morning the, the whole situation and how she passed so they rushed her to i was my mom just said you stay back you stay back so i was the only one they left at home and they took her i don't know the whole drama people came back to tell us to tell me the drama that happened when they rushed her out of the 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 house it was already late you know they started moving and rushing her and they went to Kedja General Hospital or something, you know. So I kept opening the door. I remember I kept on praying. This was around 6 a.m. in the morning. And um till seven I would open the door, I would check at the back, wondering and hoping and praying that nothing, you know, I will come back with the good news. So I think about 9 10 they had called all the members of the family the deed had been done my friends now came back and started crying the first thing that happened to me was like months after that months after guess what I was doing for every time a well-wished out somebody came to sympathize with us I kept looking forward to her coming back because she went she left the house without were supposed to come back with her yeah so for me the first step of dealing with my grief before i even say that let me say this they've always said it and i i think it bears repetition on here people grief differently so the steps of dealing with grief that i'm going to share on um, this podcast is my own experience. For some people, and I didn't even grieve the same way. Grief about my dad is not the same way I about my sister, because oof, one it's different scenarios and different things. But sort of some, somewhat sort of there were some some sort of similarities, you know, between the two. Funny enough, we're a team. Because my sister and I—we had like this prayer team. My sister, my dad, and I—you know—that way. So I miss them both. So, having said that, we grieved differently. The first thing I will say is I was going. The first step of my own grieving was self-denial. I did the, the tears for me don't always come, and that happened with my sister and myself the tears didn't come immediately the tears don't come immediately for me i don't know why as in like my face would be dry i think it's shock that's another thing so self-denial and shock is a process for me longer and short i really didn't heal or get over that my sister's done till four years after she passed you know it was I, I had terrible I think I slept because I, I wasn't eating I slept, sleep that was when also I started battling ulcer because I wasn't eating for months I, I there was no food was not going in my mouth like food food cake you know so it was a I'm funny enough guess what I almost passed I, a month before um okay so i got out of the hospital ending of october my sister passed and in... i had never been admitted before in the hospital i've never have had to go to the hospital maybe if i had malaria my parents would give me drug i remember then drugs i used maybe erythromycin and then some malaria drugs and i'm fine it's just too dizzy my malaria is just too days, and me i'm fine. never had to sit in front of a doctor until that period That I was hospitalized and admitted into the hospital. It was acute malaria, according to what they said, and the acute malaria was serious and was terrible. So I got out of the hospital like October 30 or 20 something. So, and then she passed November 25th. So, um, I'm going to put a pause today and continue tomorrow but I just want to say this, if you are or you know anyone that is going through a period or a season of grief um, kindly share this podcast with them but I want to believe that healing will come for you it's a gradual process, whatever step that you're taking right now to, to get over um the loss of that lo- loved one the void it's like a hole has been created i don't know how to explain it's like a hole has been created in your heart like nothing else can feel it only god can eventually feel it i'm telling you you can even be angry at god people react differently There's some people that i know can be angrier for a long time when i lost my dad i couldn't even pray i could i didn't find i I didn't i didn't find the words people will be i'll just be moping i'll be i'll be gone i'll be very distant i could be there but very very distant from my surroundings from my immediate surrounding and you know so i just i don't know what it is you're going through but i have a word god wants to heal you god wants to uh, get you to a better place and he wants to hold your hand to continue to take that step of faith and get over the greatest lie the devil will ever tell you, especially for some, and I'll be talking about that tom- tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast about how the devil can put you in a place of guilt with the losing, especially if you know you start to think, Oh, there's something that you could have done. To prevent that person's that there's thousand and one scenarios that play that will continue playing in your head until you get over it. So I'll talk about that tomorrow. But I know that I'm here with you, and I'm believing and trusting that you will definitely get a hold of your life, move past that grief, and become a healed, wholesome person again. Till I come your way again, self-discovery and self-awareness is key. Keep discovering yourself, so that you be- begin to live the best your best life. Now, bye for now.